Hey there, I'm the Kentucky Guy, and thank you so much for listening to the Red Pill Current News Podcast. Here at the Red Pill Current News Podcast, we strive on bringing you news that you won't find in the fake media every day. We also strive to bring you the truth, not only on politics, but the world news all around, including pop culture and so forth. As for myself, I worked in the private sector for around 25 years in the call center management and health insurance industry. Uh, Due to unforeseen circumstances and health issues, I was forced into early retirement last year. Now, a couple years ago, I noticed that something just wasn't sitting right with the way our country was being ran or being politicized as. So I started doing research, a lot of research. And that's why I'm able to now host this podcast. I've been on other shows as well, discussing my views. I'm also on social media. I'm on The Clapper, Rizzle, TikTok, Truth Social, Facebook, and many more. You can find me at the KY Guy, Kentucky Guy, KY Guy, or KY Guy 80. Different ones. Somebody had my name on other platforms, of course. <laughs> All right. So, yes, and I uh, do want to let you know that we do drop a new episode here every every Wednesday and Saturday. So be sure to uh, hit that follow or subscribe button. No matter where you're listening to, we are on all podcast platforms. All right. So I hope you enjoyed today's show. And again, God bless and God bless America. and welcome to the red pill current news podcast special report hey how's everybody doing this beautiful friday uh the sun is shining and it's very hot here in eastern kentucky uh and i tell you what uh we have had so much different types of weather it's been kind of crazy it's uh rainy one day sunny the next uh oh no biden wants to be the prince of uh the climate i better watch what i say or he'll be down here. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, welcome to part six of the dev- uh, special report of devolution. Uh, a couple things I want to get into before we start today. Uh, I do want to remind you that if this is your first time, uh, hit uh, subscribe or follow. No matter where you're listening from, we are on all applications, including uh, Amazon Music as well. Uh, we do drop new episodes here every monday and friday or monday and saturday sorry about that every monday and saturday however on special reports like this uh i try to uh well we've had one just about every day this week (laughs) so uh yeah but but anyways uh it wasn't that funny anyways uh we will um you know and i will continue until uh i get all this research out to you all because some of you are very interested and guys, I appreciate appreciate the emails. Uh, if you ever want to send an email or be a guest on the show, uh, you can email us at O L Kentucky. That's O L Kentucky spelled out. 
The number is 99 at yahoo.com, O-L Kentucky, 99 at yahoo.com. And I do respond, just uh, you can ask any of the other listeners. I respond to every single one, and I make sure that I uh, reply and reply and reply. So I don't just reply once or blow and blow you off. <laughs> All right, so um, also for you wrestling fans, oh, yeah. Uh, I do host a wrestling podcast every Monday and Friday. Uh, it is Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. Today, we will have a special guest on the podcast with us, uh, Mr. Cunningham. He's a young man, uh, uh, very young, but uh, I tell you what, he's got a no- lot of knowledge, and I think you guys are going to enjoy uh, that program. Uh, also, for tomorrow's episode, normal episode, uh, here on the Red Pill uh, Current News Podcast, I do have a special guest. Uh, he's a hosti- uh, holistic healer, uh, scientist, uh, and a humanitarian. And I tell you what, he is just a phenomenal guy. Um, and I think you guys are really going to enjoy that episode. Uh, I, I have learned so much uh, from him uh, just in our, our recent chats and uh, my, my uh, researching in that. Tom Palladino is his name. Uh, he's 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 kind of famous in a way. I mean, he invented. Well, you know what? You'll have to tune in tomorrow for the uh, episode. Let's put it this way: He has been on many many uh, famous uh, talk shows uh, and uh, podcasts and so forth. And uh, I didn't really know that until I started researching him and come to find out he's on a couple that uh, that I actually listen to uh, and have been listening to for years. So. So be sure to check that out. All right. So before we get into devolution, there is a couple uh, items I want to go over uh, considering breaking news. Uh, one of the main things, and I tell you what, folks, if you don't think that this administration is coming after us, wait until you hear this. All right. So first of all, and this is a shame. It really is. Uh, breaking news. A federal judge declared Trump's advisor. Steve Bannon, you guys know him. He he was he was found guilty on contempt of Congress over his defying a subpoena for the fake and biased House January sixth committee. Three hours today after deliberations began this morning, a jury found uh, Bannon guilty on two misdemeanor charges of contempt of Congress, to which he entered a plea of not guilty. Now, he could receive uh, a year on each, 30 days to a year on each charge, which is up to two years. Uh, we're going to find out, and October 20th is the date for sentencing. So this is interesting. So the, huh. So there's a lot of stuff going on, and October is going to be the month to watch. There is so much stuff. Durham's back in court in October. Um you have the uh, Twitter and Elon Musk trial that has been set for October. And now you have Bannon's sentencing uh, in October. And I tell you what, they're not going to stop. Now that this these people uh, on the January 6th committee, these liars and fakes, and if you've watched any of it, you know it. Now that they've got this under their belt and their hat, they're going to propaganda it all over the place and they're going to do everything they can to get criminal charges on president trump i'm going to tell you something 
I don't know if I've ever said it out loud on the podcast before. I may have. I don't, I don't remember, but I may have. Because I've thought it for a long time. They're going to arrest President Trump, in, is my belief. They're going to arrest him. And that's going to be the straw that broke the camel's back. Mark it down. There will be so much civil unrest because the people know that this January 6th committee, it's a sham. It's a sham. You have two Republicans on it, and you everybody knows they're not truly Republicans. One of them, Adam Schiff, he's not even rerunning uh, for his office in the midterms because he knows he's done. Uh, Liz Cheney's the other one. Uh, yeah, the Trump-backed candidate running against Liz Cheney, is ahead of her by over 20 points. And their primary is next month, which is just in a few days. So the everybody knows. Everybody knows that this is a sham. And they put Trump in jail or handcuffs on him. I'm telling you, that may be the straw that breaks it all. Now, I'm not talking about violence. I'm talking about people protesting peacefully and waking up and seeing what's happening. We don't promote violence. Uh, true MAGA people don't promote violence at all. So here's a story out of Missouri that will surely make you proud if you're an American. The FBI is reportedly reassuring a sheriff and an attorney general that they have to hand over private intel on gun, owner, gun owners. Now, I've seen a video... Uh, that a guy, he had a, he had one of those doorbells that record, and the FBI come to his home and asked to see his guns. Now, he stood his ground, and I was proud of him. He didn't get in trouble, not yet, but they think they can get away with it. They'll be back, I promise. Uh, the sheriff says that he's under threat of arrest but refuses to bend. Uh, here's a quote from him. As the sheriff of Scotland County... I want all my citizens to know that I will not allow, cooperate, or release any CCW information to the FBI, even at the threat of a federal arrest. Well, that's a good man right there. Uh, Whitney told his community this in a letter on Monday. Uh, Point blank, I will go down. Oh, this is another quote from him. Point blank, quote, point blank, I will go down with the ship if need be. Missouri's. Attorney General uh, Eric Schmidt also demanded that the FBI cease their attempts to illegally obtain information from local sheriffs on Missouri. Uh, let's see here. Missourians who have concealed carry uh, permits and sent a letter to FBI Director Christopher Way uh, on the matter last week. So state leaders have reportedly been informed that the FBI is set to audit some 24 Missouri counties concerning concealed carry weapons, CCW, information next month. Scotland County Sheriff Brian Whitley and Attorney General Eric Schmidt, both Republicans, say they won't, it will not happen if they can help it. And, and this is another quote, and I really, it, it, this, I'm telling you, if you don't think it can happen around you, you're wrong. Quote, the FBI has absolutely no business poking around in the private information of those who have obtained a concealed 
carry permit uh, in Missouri, Schmidt said. According to a press release, the Second Amendment rights of Missourians will absolutely not be infringed on on my watch. That's a good general uh, attorney. And you, wherever you live, you need to find out who yours is, who, how your uh, attorney general stands, and if they're up for re-election in November and they, and they don't stand on the same principles you do, you need to uh, find someone that does and back them. Don't just back a party. Don't you? The Republicans and Democrats are both evil. I'm telling you, they have evil people on both of them. Don't just back a party. That's why I don't even call myself a Republican anymore. Uh, I'm a Christian conservative. The first I report to God above everything else, and then uh, the uh, people that I vote for need to trust in him as well. All right, so uh, I will use the full power of my office to stop the FBI, which has become relentlessly politicized and has virtually no credibility from illegally prying around in the person information, personal information of Missouri gun owners. If this is what the FBI has been up to, then lawmakers in Missouri should be keeping detailed records of their activities so a probe can be launched. The post-FBI demands gun owners info from sheriff and the attorney general. Their response will make you proud. So, and, and, and I think so too. Uh, they're first on uh, life and liberty. Uh, liberty. And uh, I, I really, you know, like I said, it's important to know uh, who, you're, who you're with and who's got your back and who doesn't, especially right now. You guys, if you haven't heard uh, part five of the devolution that came out yesterday, I spoke before that, the breaking news on how they're attacking our farms and that. You know, the FBI, the CIA, the ATF, these three-letter organizations do not put your trust. First of all, don't put your trust in any man anyways. Put your trust in God. But do not put your trust, any type of trust, into these organizations with three letter uh, three letters in their name. They are, they, they're just, they, they've got corruption in them. They do. All right, so let's let's dive into Devolution Part 6. Um, and we left off. Uh, I said I knew uh, what the military was planning, but I didn't know when they were actually going to implement devolution. Uh, so when did the move from planning devolution to implementing devolution began? I think I can answer that question. I believe the answer comes from a tweet that serves as a connection between Antifa and the election theft. Uh, Daniel, Daniel Scarvino, Jr., uh, let's talk about him for just a second. Uh, he's, a, he's a very good guy. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to hear him speak, or I mean, he is a behind the scenes a lot, but uh, so Trump met, uh, met Dan, Daniel uh, on the golf course in 1990. And he is and always has been one of Trump's closest allies and confidence. So at first, I wasn't, when I first started digging into him, because he wasn't around a lot, so I didn't hear a lot about him uh, during Trump's time in office. Um, I wasn't actually sold on the idea that uh, he would be like in that clique 
that would know because it's a very very small group besides the military uh that knew about that knows about the devolution going on until there was enough uh evidence to prove otherwise uh, while doing my research i couldn't get uh my head wrapped around the idea that either trump or the military would involve um trump's white house social media director so that's why i didn't see him much he was mainly on twitter and everything i see okay so yeah he's trump's uh social he still is i think trump's social media um director the theory regarding devolution is consistently evolving uh at this point when i'm doing this research uh and i'm now certain that he is in the know and that certainly comes from a picture i seen so it, that was tweeted out by him so this picture was taken out on october 26 2019 the caption reads isis leader abu barka al-baghada is dead to me this picture shows he was informed on national security operations as well as counterterrorism operations and look who else is in the picture with him one of our favorites christopher miller so you have christopher miller serving as a counterterrorism advisor at this time uh, in 2019 uh, on the united states national security council you've got cash patel serving as senior director of the counterterrorism uh uh direct uh director sorry uh at the united states national security council and then you've got scavino appeared to be getting counterterrorism briefings while standing directly next to the biggest players in the devolution phase that's happening just one more coincidence? Ah, uh, yeah, I'm sure that's what it is. <laughs> so, anyways, um, on December 15, 2020, uh, Dan uh, Daniels Savito uh, he uh, tweeted out this picture. Uh, it was another picture with the caption, "Historical moment in the Oval." We'll share what it was one of these days when i can dot 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 huh so i distinctly remember when this picture came out and how it affected uh and how, how it affected my emotions because i i, I couldn't uh you couldn't pay me not to think that he was a part of this um it strengthened my belief that trump had to fix had a fix for the stolen election and was going to be doing something to stop Joe Biden from taking office. Now, if you remember in the first episode, I did absolutely, absolutely uh, lose faith. I, I absolutely lost faith uh, in anything. This is before I knew about devolution uh, in December 15, 2020. Uh, I, I lost faith uh, after that. It was, uh, I don't know, August something like that, uh, of 2021, uh, I did because I had kept hearing all this stuff and all these dates and nobody, nothing happened. And here's the thing, folks. If somebody tells you that this is going to happen on this date and you're in a war, this is a war. And I've said that many times. Uh, yeah, they don't know what they're talking about or they're planning false, uh, false flags for optics because there are a lot of optics in war. 
right? And so the and Trump's smart enough. He's never going to tell you uh, our military boys and girls, the generals. They're too smart. They're never going to tell you when they're going to do something. So why would he share a picture with that caption unless it was truly historical? Nothing would be more historical than Trump being able to successfully stop the steal of the 2020 election. So my small mind thinking led me to assume whatever Trump would be doing was to happen prior to the inauguration, as I discussed. I kept saying we all need to be, uh, and, and I say that now, we need to be thinking bigger, right? So after the inauguration and prior to uh, writing the devolution uh, or doing the research, you all know that, uh, I would think about that picture and get very frustrated. I, and I would. It, it was weird. I, I would punch the wall. I mean, I, I love our country. And I really feel, I told you guys about that dark feeling I had uh, when he was inaugurated in. Uh, I was just clueless as to what the meeting, meetings could have been or if they were significant and why he did it. You know, it was like he's he was playing with us or something. But now that I've started to, uh, when I started doing this research and started thinking outside the box, um, I can, I, I'm, I know I can make some uh, connections now. So this, this tweet here, uh, we can see that there are uh, green, green trees in the background, right? Think about it for just a moment. There wouldn't be green trees outside the window in Washington, D.C., in the month of December. So clearly that picture was taken during warmer weather. So I started going through uh, Scavano's Facebook page. And finally I came across this picture from June 1st, 2020. This picture is clearly, clearly without a doubt from the same exact meeting as the uh, tweet uh, Daniel sent out on December 15th. Here's the caption from the uh, June 1st tweet. President Donald J. Trump, joined by uh, Vice President Michael Pence and senior White House staff, work on the President's address Monday, June 1st, 2020, in the Oval Office, prior to delivering his remarks in the Rose Garden of the White House. Official White House photo by Sheath Craighead. So the picture... The picture in the June 1st tweet was taken while they were preparing his address to the nation regarding the riots in Antiva, the address where he threatens to mobilize the military. Devolution lays out why June 1st, 2020, an important date when it comes to the theory that I have, right? So let me go over this real quick. June 1st, Trump urges governors to deploy National Guards and threatens he would mobilize every available federal force, both civilian and military, to end the violent protests. Also on June 1st, Trump makes a surprise visit to St. John's Church. Uh, after St. John's Church, FBI spy planes start surveilling Washington, D.C. protests. You, 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 you see how this is working? 
So the military knew before June 1st that there were foreign actors involved in these riots, but they didn't get involved with active surveillance, publicly anyways, until it got to the point that the city and state governments failed in their duty to protect the citizens of their states. Also, June 1st, 2020, is the date the military became actively involved in the Antiva investigations. And we are going to take a break real quick for our sponsor of this episode, uh, which is Anchor. Uh, if you're thinking about doing a podcast or already have a podcast, you can do it all in one place, and Anchor is that place. Be right back, guys. Hey, guys, have you heard about Anchor by Spotify? It's the best and easiest way I've found to start a new podcast. Everything is right there. At Anchor, I can not only record my podcast, I can add music, I can add sounds, and much more. Also, I can trim and crop my podcast as well, all in one place, right there on my iPhone or computer. On Anchor, as a host, you can distribute your podcast on platforms like Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, and many more. Everything is in one place. Oh yeah, I almost forgot. Best part of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app today, or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, and welcome back uh, to the Red Pill Current News Podcast. And uh, like I was saying, you can uh, download Anchor uh, for all your podcast needs on your iOS, Android phone, or Anchor FM on the wave. All right, so let's get back to uh, the original tweet sent out by Daniel uh, Scarvino. Uh, why didn't Scarvino say it was, why didn't he say it was a historic moment when he released the first picture from this meeting on June 1st? Why was a picture of this meeting a historical uh, moment when it was shared again from a different angle on December 15th? What was the significance of December 15th, 2020? There are a lot of important things happening around this time frame. All right, and uh, sorry about that. Uh, the first date to point out is December 18th, 2020. The date the intelligence community was to submit its assessment on foreign threats to the 2020 U.S. elections as required by Executive Order 13848. Devolution, we went over it. Uh, we'll go over it a little bit more. Keep that in mind uh, as we continue, okay? So let's... Uh, so let's um, discuss another name, right? Uh, John Ratcliffe. So on December 12th, 2020, the Director of National Intelligence, John Ratcliffe, posted uh, this to Twitter. And it said, Traveling with President Trump to honor Americans' armed forces at today's Army versus Navy college footballs game, the greatest rivalry ever. And that was on 12-12-20 at 12.55 p.m. 
So we know that uh, the DNI, which is Radcliffe, he spent some significant time with President Trump on December 12th. The very next day, on December 13th, uh, President Trump posted to his Twitter, right? And uh, these are the tweets. Uh, thank you, John, uh, for, send it, for uh, sending these to me as a reference uh, just for this series. Um, so, uh, let's see. Swing states that have found massive voter fraud, which is all of them, cannot legally certify these votes as a complete and correct without committing a, a, a severely punishable crime. Everybody knows that dead people, below, below age people, illegal immigrants, fake signatures, and prisoners, and many other votes illegally uh, counted is election fraud. And also machine glitches, um, Let's see here. Illegally, also machine glitches, and another word for fraud, ballot harvesting, non-resident voters, fake ballots, stuffing the ballot box, voters to pay, uh, roughed up Republican poll watchers, and sometimes even more votes than people voting uh, in, <laughs> in certain places. And I never understand how they can... Uh, how they, how they try to defend that. I'll never understand that. Uh, such as Detroit, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Atlanta, Pittsburgh, and elsewhere. In all swing state cases, there are far more votes than are necessarily necessary to win the state and the election itself. Therefore, votes cannot be certified. This election is under protest. Now, he sent that out, all right, uh, the very next day. So I just want to highlight a couple things here. Swing, quote, by Trump, swing states that have found massive voter fraud, which is in all of them, cannot legally certify these votes as complete and correct. In all swing state cases, there are far more votes than are necessary to win the state and the election itself. Therefore, votes cannot be certified this election is under protest so trump was never afraid to vent about the election fraud on twitter but the day after spending significant time alone with the dni john ratcliffe he vents about specific examples of voter fraud this is for the first time including machine glitches and twice states uh sorry and twice states that we cannot legally certify the votes. Think back, think back. Uh, in a previous uh, uh, episode of this special report, where I presented my theory about President Trump suspending the electrical uh, votes, the electri uh, electrical college votes. Um, so, I mean, so what do you think the DNI, John Ratliff? And the president talked about on the day of the Army-Navy football game. I believe it has to do with this that we already covered earlier. Here is the relevant breakdown 
from the executive order uh, 13848 from this article. And I mean, this is uh, no later than 45 days after the conclusion of the United States election. The DNI, along with others, is to conduct uh, conduct an assessment of any information showing foreign interference in our elections. Uh, one of the members receiving this assessment is the Secretary of Defense. Uh, within 45 days of receiving that assessment, the Attorney General and the Secretary of Homeland Security are to make uh, a report evaluating uh, how badly the foreign interference affected the security integrity of our elections infrastructure, counting of votes, uh, transmission of results, and if foreign uh, interference targeted election infrastructure relating to a specific campaign or candidates and how it could have affected the campaign's information or data. One of the members receiving the report is the Secretary of Defense. The report is, uh, is to include recommendations, if appropriate, regarding remedial actions uh, to be taken by the U.S. government other than the other than sanctions. So this means that any time the head of any agency or any other appropriate official may tender to the president any analysis information, assessment of, uh, of uh, evaluation of foreign interference in a U.S. election, this also means that if the appropriate official has any information that indicates foreign interference in a U.S. election, they can submit the information to the president in an independent report. This is, this is a bombshell. Hypothetically speaking, if our military were to come across any information showing foreign interference in the U.S. election, they could report it directly to the president in an independent report and do so at any time. They could completely bypass the heads of every other agency. Remember those three-letter words, agencies I was talking about earlier? They don't have to stick to the 45-day plan or the timeline. Now, I know that I presented the hypothetical of military going directly to Trump uh, when I first started talking to it. But when I, when I first started out the research on it and, uh, and when I first started doing this episode, but as I researched, I, it's I, like I told you, it, it came together like a puzzle, right? I have a different, a different conclusion, um, as I said previously, because it involved. As, as, I can, as we continue to research, I can only change my theory about something if I find that if the evidence forces me to. I believe that the DNIA, D, DNI, sorry, uh, Ratcliffe presented a report to President Trump on December 12th showing two things. China's interfered in our election and the intelligence community was covering it up. Six days after the DNI uh, Ratcliffe attended the Army-Navy game with President Trump, it was reported that the intelligence community, community assessment would be delayed admit dispute over whether China sought to influence the 2020 election. And I lay, I'll, I'll lay that out more uh, probably on the next episode. Uh, 
But when the intelligence community, community finally submitted their assessment on January 7th of 2021, DNI Ratcliffe released his memo titled Views on Intelligence Community, Community Election Security Analysis. Now, <laughs> check this out. Uh, this, is, <laughs> this is from the DNI. From my unique vantage point, as the individual who consumes all of the U.S. government's most sensitive intelligence on the People's Republic of China, I do not believe the majority view expressed by the intelligence community analysts fully and, and accurately reflect the scope of the Chinese government's uh, debitors to influence the 2020 U.S federal election that's big that's a memo that john ratcliffe sent out he states he states the individual who consumes all of the u.s government's most sensitive intelligence on the people's republic of china that's him all right as the dni he would have known at the time uh december 12th the army navy football game that the intelligence community assessment was going to be late. He knew they were attempting a cover-up. I believe he even warned them that he knew. On December 3rd, before then, 2020, uh, Ratliff wrote an open end in the Wall Street Journal titled, Chinese, China is National Security Threat Number 1. I am entrusted with the access to, the, to more intelligence than any member of the U.S. government other than the president. The People's Republic of China poses the greatest threat to America today and the greatest threat to our democracy and freedom. China already suppressed... Uh, let's see. This year, China engaged in a massive influence campaign that included targeting several dozens dozen members of Congress and congressional leaders. And this, this article is pretty long, but I'm just giving you some highlights. Uh, let's see. Beijing is preparing for an open-ended uh, period of counterterrorism with the U.S. Washington should also be prepared. The intelligence is clear. Our response must be, so, must be as clear as well. I mean, there there is in this article, and I know I didn't read it all, but I, I, I read I read what I thought was the most important to do with what we're talking about. Uh, there there's some incredibly strong words coming from uh, from John from Ratcliffe. Uh, just nine days prior to this time with Trump, he specifically calls out our intelligent agencies, saying we must look and with clear eyes at the facts in front of us which make plain that China should be America's primary national security focus going forward. He didn't want them to go down the path of covering up for the CCP and their involvement in the uh, election. He gave them a way out. So we know, right, because uh, we've talked about it, that the military was already watching the foreign actors involved with the riots. We also know that they would uh, be used to safeguard the election. They even called themselves 
the Guardians. Uh huh. Remember that? There is little doubt in my mind that with the technical uh, technologies and the capabilities employed by the United States Space Force, uh huh, Space Force, that they saw foreign interference as it was happening. They were ready to act as needed, but they were waiting for the constitutional process to play out and gave the intelligence community a chance to do their job as required by the executive order 13848 that we've been talking about. The military waited until it was obvious that the intelligence community was, uh, was going to allow the election to be stolen and they had failed in their duty to protect the citizens of the United States. December 15th, 2020. That's the day in my mind, in my belief, that the military moved from planning devolution to implementing devolution. This one tweet from uh, Scarvano serves as the connection between pre-election and post-election foreign interference. That certainly makes this uh, tweet historical. I don't think that this was the only instance that uh, Scarvano was using his Twitter account to hint at something much bigger going on uh, on December 19, 2020. He tweeted in a series series of uh, three was it yeah three different pictures. Uh, <laughs> each of the historical figures pictured uh, in these tweets were wartime leaders. I talked extensively about Abraham Lincoln and how Trump followed Lincoln's motto from the Civil War to do whatever he deemed necessary to save the Constitution and the country. I think the tweeted pictures of Winston Churchill is just as significant. And you might be thinking, Winston Churchill, like, he's not American. Well, Winston Churchill was the first uh, person ever honored by the uh, United States Congress and President and considered an honorary American citizen, if you think back and do your research. Uh, and one of the things he said was, uh, my mother was American and my ancestors were officers uh, in Washington, in the Washington's Army, and I am myself an English-speaking Union. So Churchill is an honorary American citizen whose ancestors were officers in Washington's army. So, you know, this, <laughs> uh, this is pretty amazing. But if you look back at something uh, he wrote, provides us with something even more remarkable. So on August 2022, or August 22nd, sorry, uh, 1936, uh, Winston Churchill wrote an article titled, What's goods? What goods? A constitution. Um, and this article is pretty long, and I think that maybe uh, no, I'll get into it a little bit. Um, written. Uh, this is a quote uh, written soon after Franklin Roosevelt's Democratic Convention address of 1936. This article by British statesman Winston Churchill points to the wide gulf between Churchill's and Roosevelt's economic views. Even if five years later they would forge a close wartime alliance, 
beyond their differences on economics. Churchill sees the American Constitution as an enduring source of strength for the American Republic, not an obstacle to be overcome. The article, 1936, perfectly uh, encapsulates the turmoil our country has been going through. <laughs> and it's almost like uh, when I read this, that church, uh, Churchill was here right now. So I, I know when I mention this that you might not be thinking um, that so many words from Winston Churchill uh, in this piece, but my conscience won't allow me to exclude them and uh, giving you the truth in, in, in what I believe is going on. My conclusion will come uh, after, after I go over this with you. I believe these, these are words that our country needs to be reminded of right now. And I believe they directly reflect the reason why we've had to go through what we've been through with this election. And I'm going to be honest with you. This is a very long speech, and I don't... Uh, I, uh, yeah, I think that's where we're going to wrap it up today. Uh, I have a, uh, don't forget for you wrestling fans on the Against the Match Wrestling Podcast. I've got a special, uh, guest who's going to be joining me for that podcast here very, very shortly. And, uh, also keep in mind, uh, Tom Palomino, uh, is going to be on the show tomorrow. You do not want to miss that episode. That episode will be up, uploaded. Uh, much earlier uh, than normal episodes on this show. You do not, you do not want to miss that episode. All right, you've been listening to Special Report on the Red Pill Current News Podcast. Hey, you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. And as always, God bless and God bless America. Thank you.